Hey everybody, uh, thanks for listening to Regarding Last Night. Uh, if you're new here, I normally record this uh, live in my car, and I am recording this live in my car as I go to work, uh, but the episode itself is not live. Um, if you're an amateur COD player, uh, this may may be one that you want to listen to, or amateur esports player. Um, we discuss... Uh, Franchising in sports, so you have or esports, so you have the new COD franchise, and you have uh, Overwatch League, uh, League of Legends. We discuss franchising and the benefits and the negatives of that. Um, we we're mostly negative, as you'll hear, uh, but go ahead and take a listen. Some of your thoughts uh, uh, at ex underscore rewind on Twitter, or leave a comment on uh, on the uh, subscription page on Apple. We are on Apple now. Woo woo. Um, so go ahead, uh, subscribe, never miss an episode as I record it, uh, and I'll be back uh, later this week, probably tomorrow, with my uh, week three NFL roundup and my, uh, my, my hot takes on uh, Daniel Jones, uh, the Chiefs, and the Ravens, and uh, the, um, the overall NFL picture. So thanks for listening, have a good day, um, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Bye. Well, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I'm I so excited it. they're franchising, man, because it's like the greatest thing <laughs> that ever happened in the history of everything. <laughs> Esports turn uh, NFL. Well, just to, just to start, so one of our streamers, is, uh, his name is uh, your boy Buckethead on Mixer. Go check him out. Uh, like and <laughs> oh, follow. Uh, he, so I put out on Twitter um, yesterday, it's like, if you are, if you... Uh, tweet me your your thoughts on COD franchising, yep. and him and his buddy both like, oh, I'll have to let you know after I try out the new game. Like, not the game. I want to know about the franchises. Like, what are your thoughts on the franchises? And then he's like, uh, DM me. So I, I talked to him. He's like, what are your thoughts? He's like, um, so first of all, do do does Exertion have a COD team? I said no, uh, and here's why. And I was like, it's going to a franchise-based model, a city-based model. Um, and so it's going to be hard for a team like us to uh, We should to include that have in the conversation. Team. So is there any oh, sort I of introduction? Had, or... I thought that we had started. We, we can introduce you, everyone. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, okay. All right. So here, we'll formally – I'll put all that in, but this is just kind of the formal introduction. <laughs> so, I can, yes. I can, re, I can re, rehash it. This is just – well, th- do you want to do that? I mean, we can put all this in there. I don't mind. I don't care. I don't. I think it'll be welcome. More yeah, welcome. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so welcome. here you have four guys, all somewhat involved in esports, and we all we at least all like it to an extent. If we're not involved in it in some way, <laughs> and we're we, we all have, hate it. We're 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 League of Legends people. We all hate it, but we continue to play it. <laughs> yeah, no, so we got, <laughs> got a new yeah. girlfriend, new car. Yeah, I'm a pro <laughs> tic-tac-toe player. <laughs> no, but we've got Classic Evolved here. His name is Jordan, and I know that he has casted Call of Duty before for certain leagues. And I know he's an uh, old Optic fan. Hex mm. Optic, not the uh, Recipes. Optic. Yeah. Rip. Rip. So he's probably a Chicago fan now. And then, oh yeah, uh, anarchy all the way. <laughs> anarchy all the way. And then um, you've got Jess Predator, the owner of Valkyrie. Is it esports or gaming? Esports. 
esports, Valkyrie esports. Moth, who's my right hand man in exertion. Hey, yo. And then me, the owner of exertion. But yeah, today, what? COD franchising what? is our topic. What's your what's what's your name, Miles? Uh, my name's Miles. Miles. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Miles. And then, and then me, the owner. Hi, me. Gardner. Yeah, my name's <laughs> owner. Miles Gardner Minshaw Buchanan. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the second. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So he changes his middle name. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I, I will pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do I have to put the two in there too? Yes. All right. But yeah, so we're gonna. The main topic is the good old COD franchising and esports franchising, and how stupid two it is. cities. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. we already got the opinion there. So first off, I want to say, who is there? Anyone? Anyone for franchising? I am. You're for? Like you're okay with franchising? You like it? Uh, it's not that black and white, so I am in favor it for pro. Okay, for the pro scene. Yeah. And so why why is that? Like, just if you can do it in like thirty seconds or less, why is that? And if you can't do it, then we can dive in. So in how I see it, it gives a better uh, security for the pro players, and really, I am not a fan of the city based franchising that like Call of Duty's doing, but like when you have like League of Legends, which is a franchise league uh, mm-hmm. where organizations can continue to develop their own brand and their own identity within their, their own rights uh, going into the league. I am a fan of that 100%. Okay. I, I agree with that as much um, because I am definitely not for uh, geo-based franchises. I think it's ridiculous. In fact, I, I think it's I think it would be better if it was more like a European style, or I guess to keep it with on in topic, like Siege, where the teams can play their way into the pro league and not necessarily be franchised, but they can be the pro team and then they have to pay fees and stuff. Okay. So you would you don't like the basically just an example. Everything's mainly gonna be compared to the Overwatch League. So I think that's yes. like the quickest one to draw. For instance, like the Houston Outlaws, which is Optic. So you, you don't like that formatting. Is, you both can agree on that. Is that? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. 100%, yeah. What about you, uh, Jordan? What do you think? Yeah, so, I mean, for me, I hate the idea of franchising like cities. And obviously, it's like money, 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 money. That's... Mm-hmm. The big, big thing, obviously. I'd rather have, you know, the org still stay because obviously Call of Duty's not Overwatch. Call of Duty has a past. It has, you know, a... Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, it was already. It's not this new thing that you can kind of just scrap the play and start new, which is kind of what they're doing. Um, yeah. I think, you know, with pro players, I'm, obviously there's not like a million new players every year. It's been the same group of guys forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like the AM scene is like totally missing out, I guess you could say. But I wish and hopefully there is a way for, you know, newer teams and whatnot to come up with franchising. I just I find it kind of it kind of neglects a lot of the community. Yeah, and, and I, I have notes here. So one of the things um, 
Like I think it's going to start with what, like 12 teams, I think. Yep. Uh, scattered yeah. throughout the world. Um, the ultimate goal is to have 28 teams. Um, so they're, you know, if you, but, but here's the thing. The cost of the franchise right now is $25 million. Minimum. Minimum. Um, and rumor is anywhere from 30 to 50 million. Um, and which is nuts. Like, uh, I know that between Miles and I, we have about three million. Uh, if we throw in Zach, that's <laughs> another three million. Uh, <laughs> just so it's like ridiculous. And and, and but I know I started the story before we started, but the uh, have a have a streamer for exertion. He want asked about if we have a COD team. We don't. I explained why, and then he was like, "Oh, how do you get a franchise?" Uh, how do you get a franchise? He's like, well, you have to have $25 million or more laying around. And he's like, oh, okay. I see why you don't have a franchise. <laughs> yeah, this well, isn't uh, the old like NFL days like where you paid 100 bucks at the start for a franchise. <laughs> like, if that was the case. 1910. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, it's like you're looking at it, and it's like the minimum to buy into the Call of Duty franchise to get, I- I'm guessing, like a spot like Seattle or uh, like what? Well, Atlanta, Paris, or yeah. London, I'm guessing, weren't hot, like, contested. It was probably, I'm guessing they got sold for $25 million at bare minimum, but it's like you're looking at the spots like LA, where probably both of those spots went for 80 plus. Um, and on top of that, too, is like, you have to not just pay that, like, 25 minimum million for the you have franchise. To have a minimum of 10 million on top of that, too, because you have to pay salaries. It's like, it's, it's exactly. like an entirely another. You're going to have seven to 10 people on each team at a minimum of $50 plus staff, housing for players, you know, all their equipment, marketing. Like, you're wealthy to, to get into this. And so it's a very high barrier to entry. Yeah, because they required that you had a some form of way to shelter, like pay for their state, like their house or yep. apartment, wasn't if, that? Yeah. Or, uh, if you if they were forcing you to relocate, you had to uh, offer assistance with relocation uh, financials, and then remember, you also have to have our retirement benefits and health benefits too, that are then now provided mm-hmm. by the new organization. It's before it was uh, like like players. They had to part- uh, like pay a little bit if they were in the pro league to, mm-hmm. uh, for health benefits at minimum, but now it's it's completely on the organization for the team, the coaches, and pretty much everybody on there that they have to have a minimum of a certain amount of health benefits. Yeah. That's Do why we... I respect 100 Thieves so much for doing what they did, just kind of backing <laughs> out as much as they wanted to yeah. be in the league. The thing is like, as much as I love Call of Duty, I know the scene's not that big. Like compared to the other yeah. sports out there, like during our league matches this year, we maybe got like twenty thousand viewers, maybe a little more if it was optic. And I, is it going to increase that much just because you throw franchising on top of that? I don't. Well, see, so let's let's talk about that for a minute because that's uh, one of my notes is viewership. Um, that COD is not a very large audience uh comparatively um and here are some facts for you um that league of legends uh now this is as of july of this year uh so the numbers are subject to change of course and this is all based on viewership on twitch mm-hmm. uh that uh cod had about eleven thousand streamers or sorry about one thousand streamers and about eleven thousand viewers on those streamers uh so for an average of like eleven 
viewers per. Now we know that it's Twitch, you know, that the bulk of that is going to be in the top 10 streamers. Um, so um, League of Legends, though, had 10 times that at the same time, and Overwatch had uh, four times what COD had. Uh, and so this is one thing that uh, I think that franchises are going to be harmful is because one they're actually probably going to fold in the long run because it's there's no money to be made because the viewership isn't there um, comparatively to other more popular games. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So 100% agree. Yeah. The viewership and those numbers 100% accurate. It's it's not like it and I think this is where Call of Duty fails to draw in more viewers is the fact that they do a new release game every year. And it's mm-hmm. not a consistent title that people can follow along with. <clears throat> like, you know, we're going from Black Ops 4 to where you're getting the specialists and you have, like, it's, it's such a fast-paced game in Black Ops 4 to now you're going into Modern Warfare. And if you've played it, you know this is a slower game. And it's especially for 5v5, you're going to be seeing a lot, matches are going to be a lot longer and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, they're trying to legitimize the esport, uh, which I believe franchising in general was the right route to go with it. Mm. But going with the location based franchising to match it up like Overwatch was just not smart, mainly because you see Activision Blizzard seeing the struggles with Overwatch already uh-huh. with that league. And it's like, it would have been a lot smarter if they would have gone down the route of League of Legends and they want to go to purely franchising because, you know, yeah, you can have organizations based in places, but let them continue to develop their own branding and stuff like that was really a major thing that a yeah, 100 Thieves, uh, if you watch the Nade Shot video, was one thing he was like, yeah, it's a lot of money to get in, but, you know, they're trying to develop their brand. <clears throat> Sorry. And mm-hmm. it kind of, this kind of goes against what they're doing. And uh, we we also have, in, in terms of financials, we have to also look at uh, how the amateur scene is going to be formatted. Um, I know in the rumors that they've they've been going out there on Reddit, like Twitter and stuff like that, and stuff from uh, like leaks uh, have been pointing to the open events still being a thing, but them being regionally based. It won't be like you have Anaheim and Miami as the two biggest events of the year. It's there gonna be smaller events, but you're gonna have like a Chicago event and a Miami event and an Atlanta event and a LA event. And they're all gonna be it's gonna be up to the organization to continue to put those on. And that's where they're gonna make a lot more of their money now is hosting these events. Cause let's be honest, but once they finally get their like headquarters and stuff set up to where uh if it if that's the plan, it, it, they could completely come around and change it. But that's just what I've heard so far. Uh, they they can have a permanent home base. Well, and, and Miles, do you want to talk about what happened in Toronto? That's what I was getting ready to talk about. Yeah, it's like yeah. I think connecting to that is it sounds like they're trying to put a whole monopoly on the whole such like the whole amateur scene as well. And yeah, what uh, Andrew's talked about there that, that we have seen is there was a local that was in Toronto. And I know that there was like players supposed to be, I think like Brack, if you're familiar with the scene, was supposed to be there, some more top tier players, and they canceled it. It was in Toronto. Activision, now the rumor is they offered a cease and desist. I also saw some things where they didn't put they, forth a cease they and did. desist. Okay. That, that has been confirmed by now. Okay. So they, they, Activision forcefully closed and prevented them from going forward with that. 
Now, that's now is scary. there was it that was, Act, was it that was Activision or was Toronto. it that was Toronto. It was it Toronto? It was Toronto Todd, Todd with the with uh, Activision with Activision fo- following along with it. Which yeah. going into Modern Warfare, it's this is probably going to be something to where they're going to be like uh, coming up, and mainly because there was such a big blowback on it, uh, mm. they're going to kind of look at it and be like, okay, yep, nope, we don't want to do that anymore. But uh, you know, we're gonna. I'm guessing we're gonna see in the next what two three weeks that uh. They're going to have some sort of event that weekend to roll out their new COD team and all this other stuff. Well, so that's the, so the thing of that weekend, um, it's the largest gaming expo. EGL is the largest gaming expo in Canada. Um, <clears throat> it'd be surprising if they try and overshadow that because I think they're expecting like 30 or 40,000 people to come out to that event. Uh, they have a, to- a bunch of other LAN events that aren't just COD. Like they have... Uh, yeah. Like Nintendo and, and other Xbox games and PS4 games and, and whatnot. So I'd be surprised if Toronto is like, yeah, we're going to try and upstage them because then they're going to get some real blowback. Now, well, isn't this guessing... through Call of Duty? Like, the league coming up is through Call of Duty directly, right? There's no, like, third party, like, MLGs hosting it. No, it's this through is COD. directly through Activision Blizzard. That's okay. correct, yeah. All right, so that scares me in the sense of, like, they own the game and they're making the tournaments... And I'm worried they're not going to allow these open events. So well, this is these open events. Is... The way that they've that everybody's been saying so far is that it's going to be based on the franchises. That the franchises are going to have to host these events. Yeah, that it's going to be part of them being in the league. That these open events are still going to have to be a thing. They've already confirmed that open events and the amateur scene will still exist under this new uh, CDL. It's just, are we going to see it to where? If there's, a, I don't think the rest of the league is going to follow through with it, like Toronto did. Um, I'm guessing because that event is so big, like Andrew said, there's going to be thirty to forty thousand people showing up to that. Uh, what it's EGL, right? I'm not uh-huh. getting that wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, EGL. I'm guessing they're going to want to do something there, like they they want they don't want uh, an open like a local or like a tournament for Call of Duty overshadowing some sort of big announcement that they want to do at the event also. Right. So So that's where I'd see it coming into play. And Mm -hmm. even if that wasn't the plan before, they'd be stupid not to. For the the amateur uh, open scene, and and, uh, if you're listening to this and you have no clue about Overwatch, it's a very popular game. Um, There's... Here's a quick breakdown. You have the Overwatch League. That's the professionals, and it also owned by Activision Blizzard. Uh, so they kind of have a model to go off of. People had to pay at the think of time like twenty million dollars for a franchise, and then for the second round of expansion, I think they upped that to like sixty million or something uh, for a franchise, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, and then below that, you have the Contenders League, which is kind of. Uh, the pro leagues will have a contenders team usually. Uh, and there are other amateur teams that are in contenders league. It's a way for amateur players and amateur teams to work their way up and kind of get exposure for their players where hopefully they can get picked up uh, by these, uh, these city leagues. And then you have the open division, uh, the open division. Um, it's very popular for amateur players. There's no requirements to be in it. There's hundreds of teams that participate. I think that I last saw that uh, in the first season, a thousand teams participated. Uh, in the hopes of winning, because then you get bumped up to Contenders League, and and, uh, the Contenders is also regional, so you have a North American, European, Asian Contenders. 
Uh, so there's a good opportunity to move up. I imagine that that's how uh, COD is going to do it as well, um, except more kind of regional. Like, hey, we're going to have a regional land. All the local teams can come in, and you know we're going to use that as a way to scout talent uh, because we're going to have to fill in these academy teams and have backups and, uh, and new people coming through the ranks as uh, players get burned out and uh, move on to different things. Yeah, so basically they're crazy. using that amateur quote unquote, like in call of duty i think they're calling it the path to pro um they're using that as a way to get future players for the bigger yeah. team yeah and, absolutely yeah and it's good for say the amateur players but not necessarily for the amateur orgs um mm-hmm. i mean it could be for exposure i don't know how much exposure they're gonna get from these though um are they gonna stream this um do we know anything about um, that which I mean, there's not a whole lot of information now. Uh, yeah, that's not knowing. There's not I a imagine, ton out there right now. I would I imagine, imagine that there may. would be. Yeah, like the contenders, I think, get streamed or at least gets advertised by uh, Overwatch. Um, now, and, and with the exposure that you have, the, the the managers and the coaches watching these games, so they're not only watching the players on the current team; they're watching the players against the teams they play against. Uh, so. If that's, I mean, you aren't, you probably aren't going to have millions of people watching you, but you're going to have at least the people who need to watch, watch. Yeah, and yep. like you said, it's big for the amateur players and these Path to Pro events. It's going to be really a, if you're looking at it from an amateur organization part, because amateur organizations are going to want to continue getting into Call of Duty. You see Aspire still trying to do it. You see Sage still doing it. You see yeah. still doing it. Um, I know I'm continuing to do it at least for this year uh, until they announce the nail in the coffin right now. Yeah. Um, which could happen right now, and I'll just shoot a message to the team and be like, bro, we out. <laughs> <laughs> Drop. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> Sorry, boys. It's a business. But no, it's um, it it's going to be really a going into this new franchising model. It's going to be what organizations can really be the breeding ground for these next level of players, like you can see Aspire really just pick up all the top talent for the next five years in Call mm. of Duty. Mm-hmm. And it's mm, going to so... be the barrier of entry now is going to be for the, at least the amateur scene. It's not going <clears> to <throat> be uh, like, it's not going to be the money to get into it. I think it's going to be, okay, this is who they're really keeping an eye on because they consistently turn out better and better players. So like you can have, like let's say six top organizations, uh, amateur organizations in the country that all the eyes are going to on the pro level because it's like, oh, this team's always consistently placing well at these events. No matter who they got, they're always scouting well. So we're going to use them to scout. And those new organizations that are going to be popping up are going to be like, wait a second, uh, we're not getting anything over here unless we really beat the, these teams because, you know, now the it's, benefit I could see that for an amateur org is if you do like raise these high players and stuff like that and put a, a high buyout clause, and then you they scout your players like you can make money that way. It seems kind of dirty in a way, but I mean that way they're getting their pro spot. But you would yeah. be you could make money that way. That could be beneficial in regards to seeing seeming as like that farming. I guess you would say farming good players and such. Yep. Yeah. And that that's where those top amateur organizations are gonna be coming in now. It's like we're not we're not gonna see very many I don't in my opinion at least, we're gonna start seeing that slowdown of amateur teams getting Call of Duty because 
getting into Call of Duty because of that. Uh, you've you've seen that in Overwatch too. That outside of the Activision Blizzard um, Overwatch things, there's very very few and far between amateur leagues. I think the biggest one is Apex, and you know they actually started before the Overwatch League, but then after that started, they were just devastated. They still have things and they have good payouts for the winners, but. You know the viewership is not there. The participation is not there. There's really hardly any other other ways to get involved uh, if you like this game, but you aren't good enough to be on the pro team. Yeah, and you know, it is this is a bad thing about what uh, Activision Blizzard's doing with Call of Duty and franchising is that the Call of Duty scene has is completely different from any other esports scene that we've had, and mainly because you know all these other leagues that have popped up were before this big boom in esports. Like esports started getting all this coverage, like with you know, with Fortnite really coming around with the World Cup and stuff like that. That's gotten mm-hmm. a lot of media coverage. Mm-hmm. A lot of esports coverage has followed that as well. So mm-hmm. it's like you're seeing that and a lot of these leagues like Overwatch and League of Legends, they're all that stuff was already in the works before this big boom. And now you're having Call of Duty that was that had a lot of amateur teams going to the open events and bringing a lot of not just so it's like you had the pro teams that had their fans but then you also had the amateur teams that showed up to these big events and had their people coming with and that's where they made they you saw a lot of viewership live in person come from mm-hmm. and now you're not going to be having that nearly as much well yeah that's something i was going to add on to with the open events at these you know all these call of duty tournaments you know when we went to the la one i know a majority a vast majority of the crowd there was from the open event yeah. And they're losing that. Yeah, that's what it was like. Uh, I know that Exertion sent a team to uh, Vegas and Fort Worth uh, and Miami. Um, yeah, with the hopes of you know in Miami, it's like we want to you know get top sixteen so we can go to champs. Um, but uh, I, a lot of the people that you know, I know that Zach, you, you, and I, and Miles, and our, our friends all showed up and we got together, which was great. Yeah, it was a way. To, it was a way to bring people together. Like, if that didn't happen, like we wouldn't. We we still would be just strangers on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we've all met each other in person face. because of this. Well, I'll tell you this too, <laughs> in regards to the Vegas. Uh, Jordan and I were actually there. Jordan's brother is Clip, who played for Exertion at the time, so he was there as well. And we actually we were in the um, separate room where the uh, open bracket was going on and stuff like that. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, I don't know what Jordan, it felt like throughout the day there were more people in down there in the passion pits than there were looking at main stage unless it was optic. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, at, until any given Sunday. time. Yeah. I, even, yeah, exactly. Until Sunday, then more people, everybody would go in there. It was packed on Sundays, but on Friday, on Saturday, there's a lot more people in the open bracket area where the amateurs are at than there are watching main stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't go to Vegas. I saw it at Fort Worth though, and everything was at the everything was in that big one room. Yeah. But you were you were watching it, and you know, there was so much more to watch and so much more consistently to watch at the mm-hmm. amateur side of things than at the main stage and at the side stages because you know matches at the main stage and stuff like that were 15 30 sometimes 45 minutes apart where mm-hmm. you if you were watching the amateur side of things you could be at one station and then all of a sudden like 
that team's finishing up, and you could literally turn around, and another team would just be starting their match. And well, yeah, and the cool thing too with that was like, oh, Teddy Rex is playing at Station Five. You know, you have like these higher AM players that you could go and just watch that you kind of. And you're no. right there. You are right there behind them and stuff like that. And like, yeah. well, and see, they that's went out like there I... behind you, fist bumping and every. I mean, <laughs> Teddy Rex used Worth. my headset in Fort Worth. <laughs> so, yeah, well, in, in Fort Worth, it's like our the exertion team ended up playing against Phase Black, which was basically a pro team. Uh, I that was the most frustrating thing is when I saw that we had to play Phase Clan Black, and I'm seeing Simp, I'm seeing that whole team there, and I'm just like. It's we like now these on. are the players that are getting picked up by the franchises right now. And and so, no, it's frustrating because it's like, yeah, we have to play against basically a pro team. But at the same time, it's like, dang, we get to play against a pro team. And it's like, oh, our guys played against these players. And now all these other guys are going to play uh, in, uh, on the franchises. Mm-hmm. Uh, franchises are still stupid, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they get players that we played against. No, um, it's, it hurts. Well, Franchising hurts the amateur scene more than mm-hmm. anything else. Well, it, oh, yeah. I, think it, 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 I think it will see increased viewership and stuff like that with more consistency to the league. But uh, we're not going to be seeing CSGO numbers for a while. We're not going to be seeing any of those numbers, but we'll see a slight increase over time with... Well, see, I don't production. think that you're going to see CSGO numbers ever. Ever. Uh, and, and, Ever uh, and, yeah. and here's here's Sorry, I have I have I have stats here. Okay, the, the CS:GO I I don't have written stats, but I do know uh, a couple weeks ago on Twitch there was a major event for them, and they were pulling in about two hundred and fifty thousand viewers on just the one stream on Twitch. Uh, for Overwatch, I have written stats. Okay, this is for the most current season. Uh, the final is sometime this weekend or next weekend. Uh, stage one though, uh, they, they break it up into four stages. Stage one, the top viewership uh, was about 350,000, I want to say, people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, 300,000 people. And then uh, the most recent week, yes, 297,000 for the most popular match in stage one, uh, which was the most popular match for the entire season. The most recent stage, stage four, uh, the highest uh, most watched game was 82,000. 81,000 people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is higher than Call of Duty, which is higher yeah. than Call of Duty. That's a 72% drop. So Overwatch League is like, wait a minute, hold on. Like, these franchises paid millions upon millions of dollars, and they're seeing these drops in viewerships. And Overwatch is, a, a, viewership-wise, is a vastly uh, more popular game that you have franchises that are the same cost as overwatch leagues that they're gonna the viewership i just don't think is going to be there uh to justify mm-hmm. these valuations and this leads into my next point that uh sports and esports probably more so is a ponzi scheme and that the only way that you're going to get your money back is by selling the team so they expect the value of the teams to be 45 million dollars uh in the next 10 years uh which is not a great return for a sports franchise in 10 years if you look at um uh actual sports teams that have gone from hundreds of millions to now billions of dollars that you're putting in $25 million plus a couple million every year or more uh, for salaries and benefits and such that selling your team for $45 million, you're still going to come out behind in the long run. Um, And so 
unless you have a, a, a long game owner, which I can almost guarantee you that no owner is thinking about the long game. Uh, mm-hmm. They want to, Oh, like esports is big now. They want to get in. They want to make the money. They see that it's popular. They want to be the most viewed team. They think they're going to come in and make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars every year, not knowing that that's not going to happen. And I think that it's people are seeing dollar signs, and that's what's going to probably be the the death of uh, franchising and esports, at least in regards to the the city based i think that we may see more uh, league of legends and let teams build their brands in the long term uh like zach says uh, is and i agree with as being better uh because then you can pay the money and know like hey we're in it for long term because this is our brand and if we try and sell we're selling out of our brand we're mm-hmm. not selling yeah. out of a city we're selling out of a mm-hmm. brand and our fans are going to hate us for that <laughs> right yeah pretty much now, I will point on one thing you were talking about in viewership. You were talking about Call of Duty hit 80,000. I will say that the biggest tournament of the year on Champs, I do believe, I don't have stats in front of me, but I do believe they did break 100,000. Really? But there was there was a uh, League of Legends playoff match going on at the time for the summer um, split, and it was higher. It was still like 10,000 higher, and this was during the highest, most anticipated match of the year for Call of Duty. And it couldn't be to play off League of Legends. While League of Legends is also being shown on ESPN. So yeah, it's, it is. Mm-hmm. And so, Overwatch League is being shown so, on ESPN, too. Yeah. <laughs> and let, let's get into that real quick, too, all right? Because um, I'm a huge Gears fan, all right? I love mm-hmm. watching Gears esports. And while that's not a franchise-based model, it's, you look at the type of production that they put into viewership. Call of Duty, in, you know, over the past few years, has invested very little into investing into viewership and getting actual people to come just watch theirs on stream or on TV and stuff like that. They have not done this. Can I drop curses even if it's... Yeah, you can. They had a TV series, though. They did... um, I can't... On TLC or something, this past... It was before the season. It was a for Black Ops 4. They brought in some (laughs) players that competed and stuff. They did do that before... Last yeah, year, but, but they don't do anything in season though. That's the thing. oh it's no like, no no they, they have no stuff. they base all their stuff on in stream on Twitch on yeah. YouTube mixers shit shit like that and well, you, you see esports like Gears CS:GO Overwatch League of Legends invest into actually putting in good production for their professional teams being viewed and that's uh, the, that the Overwatch people... production value is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very reason, great. That's the reason I think we're going to start seeing an increase in viewership with the Pro League with Call of Duty. It's really you're going to start seeing more money thrown into production and people instead of, you know, you had like the Pro League for Call of Duty this past year at the MLG arena. And yeah. it was a, a very stupid thing if like for the Pro League to just watch because a, a live audience does make a difference. Um, and then yeah. also the stage wasn't very right. It wasn't very friendly to just sit there and watch. And, you know, I think we're going to start seeing more of that turn towards, uh, like, I'm I'm not saying they're going to go to TV because, let's be honest, TV is kind of on the downslope right now. But mm-hmm. we're start well, and, and, and it's, not brand, it's not brand friendly. Yeah. Uh, particularly not, not for the COD brand, but for sponsorship. And the viewers bring in money, but Overwatch League, which is 
probably the most visible league, has trouble bringing in large dollar brands. They have Coke and IBM and Toyota, but it's not brand friendly. It's still a violent game. And COD, where the characters represent humans versus Overwatch's cartoons league of legends is cartoon dota is cartoons mm-hmm. cod is people <laughs> and yeah. so there are brands who are like i guess i'll give you a thousand bucks and we'll be the official drink of uh of cod okay Try but not does, to get... gears, <laughs> does gears have any kind of sponsorship because that one's a lot more bloody and gory it's way yeah. more violent yeah. Because yeah, more I mean, you're sawing people in half with a chainsaw gun. I mean, <laughs> right. it, and, well, it is cartoon based, but you still do have the human fake humanoid oh, yeah. figures in that, and it, mm-hmm. it's it's again, it's and I don't think they're gonna be going down the TV route, so they have they can't be sitting there and be all bloody and gory and stuff like that. And right. it won't be you won't see Call of Duty being broadcasted on TBS like over I can't imagine or like a Gears's and ESPN. Well, CS:GO like at one point was, but it was kind of you know. Yeah, it's not as bloody though, is it? No, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not as. No, and you're going to be seeing. I think you're going to be seeing, and this is how I would say you'd be smart doing it if you were Call of Duty, Activision, Blizzard. Is go straight to fucking Amazon. Like, yeah, um, like yeah. if you went to them, we're like, hey, we want to do, we want to partner up with you guys. It will be the Call of Duty League brought to you by AWS or Amazon, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it'd be AWS if I remember right, right. That's how they mm-hmm. do all their sponsorships and stuff. Pretty sure. Yeah, but yeah. you you if you were smart, if you were Activision Blizzard, you would not be going just, oh, we're going to keep everything else the same, just go to the city-based franchising model. You really have to put a bigger understanding on content and uh, like actual streaming of the game and put more production cost into it. Because if you were watching like the Call of Duty League, and let's say you were even watching like an open event, or champs, or if you were just watching a major, it the production looked cheap. Like, let's be honest, yeah. it looked okay, but it was like you could tell it was a stage that they would be tearing down after the weekend was over. <laughs> and yeah, if compared now, to the other ones for sure, yeah. <laughs> it's like now you want to go to if you're Call of Duty and you're getting all of this money to get come into the league. Like, like we were saying, it's twenty five million minimum to get in. You were seeing probably around eight seventy five to eighty million for like L A and stuff like that. And you're gonna start seeing all that money coming in. You better be throwing that back into the league, back into that post production of. Okay, now we want to make this viewer friendly to watch. Like, you want to make this an actual visual spectacle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, see, that's I really think where that's where some amateur leagues, uh, notably, I think uh, the Rainbow Six Siege Pro League, does well, uh, and that's a league where you can play in. Like we, Exertion had a team that did a couple weeks of the Challenger League qualifiers, which is their amateur league. That if you win that league, you can get moved up to the Pro League. Uh, but the Pro League. Uh, major and minor events they have audiences come in large pretty large audiences and the production value is surprisingly good uh for mm-hmm. for on, on twitch i think that the majors uh, average out like 50 or 60 thousand tops viewers um but it's it's a slow enough moving game and this is where it may actually help having modern warfare the new one which is uh, i haven't played it but zach you said it's a little bit slower going uh, that having a slower gameplay is better for the viewing audience. You know, Siege, they can pan between... There's only 10 players on each team. 
uh, and then they can have the overview of the entire map, but then you can pan between everyone and get all the action without confusing the audience. Uh, and still have a high production value of having casters being able to call the action as it happens live uh, and not be so confused as like, what just happened? Uh, did you just see that? I have no clue what just happened. Uh, which sometimes I feel like that's what, that's what happens in COD, uh, especially Black Ops 4, because it does move really, really fast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Being able to call out names of people and know what they're doing and, and describe what they're doing and have the audience understand the, oh, oh, you just said this? I'm going to have to trust you just said this? Oh, look, I, I can see it live as you say it. How cool is that? I was watching Champs with my family. I just had it on in the living room, and they had absolutely no clue what was happening. And, like, uh, my yeah. sister plays Call of Duty, but even she was like, what is happening? I was like, <laughs> I can't really explain this. I'm sorry. You just have to know. <laughs> you have I, to know. I've had that same thing with my family because, like, you know, like, we had the teams that traveled and stuff, and they'd be watching, like, um, people would stream, and they'd be watching it with me. And they'd be like, what's happening? What's this mean? What's going? What's this game out? Is this the one where they have to get 250 points? Is this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that kind of thing. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, well, it's hard to process a lot of everything unless you just know it. Yeah, you know? it's yep. with Call of Duty, it's a very... A lot of... The inside community sees it as, as a very simplistic game, but yeah. people that are new to it, it's so complicated. <clears throat> it's not like CSGO that's pretty much purely just, you know, search and destroy kind of yeah. compar- comparatively. Or, like, it, it's it's a very different <laughs> esport to where you have... It's, you know, it's very complicated. And mm-hmm. when you people get in and watch, just watch, it's very different. And that's where it's kind of you're sitting there and it's like, okay, that's where the production kind of comes into play to where this is... N- the current production for Call of Duty not friendly to new viewership. Yeah. It was, you could tell yeah. it was very geared to, hey, we're going to make sure that the people at home that couldn't make it to this event are that are Call of Duty fans are going to be watching. It's not, you know, you're not, it's not it's not sitting there like, okay, this these people people are new and we have they have no idea what they're doing. It's like, hell, I when I went down to Fort Worth, it was like, and this is one of the sad things. It was like there was another org down there and they were new and the owner had no idea what he was watching. <laughs> yep. And I was you, you could tell like you can see right down the middle like the new people that are new to Call of Duty versus people that are seasoned vets and have been watching it or playing it for years. And yeah. that's where you have to get better casters, casters that are actually trained on, you know, this is what you want to say in this sort of scenario and stuff like that. Yep. And you don't have you didn't have that because you know you, you could see it in Call of Duty that they took casters from other games, and yes, you have yeah. you have casters that played Call of Duty before, but the main casters that you're watching, it's they've they came from other games first. Well, just to touch on that, like no offense to her, but like Katie Bedford when she first came there was clueless. Oh yeah, yeah she was clueless. She had yeah, that, like I remember. I mean, even at the end, a little bit. Yeah, even at the end, like you could tell like, she got some more things, but like, okay, so this is just a little rant. It pisses me off that she says 100T. I cannot oh, yeah. stand that she says that. It made me want to just <laughs> go ballistic. I couldn't stand that she said 100T. It's like, it's 100 thieves. It just like, it's not that hard. It's not, it's not that hard. But yeah, like that one. And then I hate they lost it. Uh, lost it. Lost, um, What's his name? He used uh, Rich Campbell. I love Rich Campbell. Like he did the amateur stuff more, and yep. he also does a lot more with Dota. 
because I was watching a Dota tournament. I was trying to get into that, and then I hear Rich Campbell. I was like, "There's no way that's him." And it was, <laughs> but I really like him as a caster. But yeah, I feel like some kind of lacked in that. But. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. Well, to see, see that's one of right the now. things that's going to have to be be improved. Uh, the Overwatch casters, the Siege casters, the Dota casters are really good at what they do. They're really mm. good about bringing in the viewers. Like I watched uh, some of the international because uh, it was always when I was home, I was home. <laughs> and the people explaining they had a way of explaining what was going on, but it, for a first time or new viewer like me. They're all like, this is what they're going for. This is the objective. It's like, hey, yeah. great, awesome. I, now I know what's going on. And like, oh, right. like certain things would open up. It's like, oh, so and so opened up. They're going to go attack this. Here's why they want that. Uh, and it's like, it gives them all power ups and stuff. It's like, yes, that's okay. Now I know why they were all separate. And now they all came together, attack this. And now they're all going their own way again on the map. Okay, great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, this is great. So yeah, they're. <laughs> Good good casters can can make or break uh, streams and, and mm-hmm. games for sure. Exactly, and that's why I really love watching Gears because a it's on TBS. It's like I can if there's a big event or if there's an event going on in general, I can pretty much turn on my TV and I know exactly what channel it will be on. And I know a lot. Of, this doesn't apply to a lot of people with you know that everybody going to streaming and stuff like that. But it's like you 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 turn into something and. It's like you want to be sitting there and you want to be a visually pleased on how it, the stage looks, how like mm-hmm. if there's a live audience, if they're how it sounds and stuff like that. You didn't have that with Call of Duty, and now there's no excuse. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest, the Call of Duty League, uh, the CWL and stuff like that, f- was underfunded for what we were asking of them uh, visually wise, uh-huh. content wise, and but now with franchising and with all these high buy-ins. There is no reason whatsoever they should not be able to a afford a like an, an actual arena to call home in a big plate in like a big location, uh, to be able to do a live audience to actually have booths set up for casters that are meant there the entire time instead of sitting just in front of the stage. It's like you want to be sitting there and you want to be like they actually have to be able to pay attention and know what they're talking about, but also to convey that to new viewers, like you were saying, Andrew. And I'm, they have no excuse now on why this year, with how much time they're taking to prepare for the Call of Duty League, with it not starting until next January at the mm-hmm. minimum, mm-hmm. they have no excuse not to have better production, better casters, more prepared casters, and stuff like that. Another yep. thing that's different about this, too, though, is when you look at Call of Duty, you're getting a new game every year, right? And so the game's going to have complications. It's going to have issues. Rainbow Six Siege has been the same. I mean, there's updates, of course, but it's the same game. CSGO, you know, it's been the same game. Overwatch, League of Legends, like, it's relatively been the same. I know there's, like, yes. patches and new characters and such. And new oh, no, CSGO is always the same. Yeah. <laughs> <with those. laughs> it's going to never change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I still get 100K like, viewers. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> But and, and they're the same, and that's one of my worries about them franchising Call of Duty is Call of Duty was built by the amateur scene, and I'm worried because like when we watched his past champs, and you had like that team Singularity came out Oof. of nowhere, yeah, and some of the, like um, Chino's Chino and Tommy's team uh, Sicario, like that's not going to be a thing anymore. Is seeing <laughs> this team that comes from the open bracket. I mean, who would have ever guessed Genji would have been knocked out that early? The top seed. 
You, don't see, you will never see Cinderella stories in Call of Duty ever again. And that's nope. what I'm worried about. Like, that was what made COD so interesting and made me fall in love with it. And now it's just like every other, you know, it's just, it, but I'm worried because they don't have that viewership that the other ones have. So I'm worried that this is going to tank. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. Mm. So that, I, I have okay. a question because I, I need to, to wrap this up on my end. Okay. Uh, and this is for all of you, and I, we'll start with the uh, with Jordan because uh, uh, I want to get he's a ca- he's been a caster, so I want to hear his thoughts. Um, what 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 do you all think the next we'll say five to ten years for uh, specifically the COD franchise, um, and then maybe on a greater level. Uh, esports franchises in general. What does the next five to ten years look like? Is there more franchising and and more big dollars put into esports uh, on a franchise model, or do you think that after a few years that people are like, oh, this actually isn't working out really well, and it'll go back to maybe more of a um, a League of Legends franchise model or no franchises? Mm-hmm. Um, just what are your general thoughts and uh, you know on the fly here? Yeah. So for I mean for me. I think, I mean, obviously, I think esports is trying to follow like the what has worked in, I guess you could say, gaming. And I guess gaming, you can play football. That's a game, right? They're mm-hmm. following the football strategy. They want to build these leagues for their games that are the NFL, the MLB. They want to build these big things that everyone's going to know in like 10, 20 years. But they're really backing on the fact that their game doesn't absolutely just die. And yeah. mm-hmm. like the thing is with, well, I mean, with Rocket League, Rocket League's viewership has been going down. I love Rocket League. I'm grand champ, but it's, it's <laughs> kind of falling apart. And how long is, you know, Rainbow Six going to last? How long is Overwatch right. going to last? They can make all the updates in the world. It just, the game's eventually going to kind of die out and maybe they can make a second one, but who knows? It's the gaming life cycle. It's yeah. the gaming life cycle. And it, it kind of just depends on. If you like, are people do people actually care that it's the Denver outlaw, like just for example, or like the London, whatever, the what like Toronto? Like, I personally could care less. Mm -hmm. I'm just going with NRG because, and I think they might go back towards the org thing because I don't think people are gonna give to you know. (laughs) Well, you've seen that with uh, with Hex joining, uh. Um, Chicago, that Chicago COD instantly became the most popular team, and you know, ninety nine percent of the people don't live yeah. in or near Chicago. <laughs> it's yep, like, yeah. I really don't care. Yeah. Uh, oh, you mean I have a team in LA and I live in LA? Yeah. I like, like my brother guy, plays though. Call of Duty. <laughs> my older brother plays Call of Duty a decent amount, right? We play GBs quite often, but and he, so he's probably more into Call of Duty than the average person, and he doesn't care at all for the league, like. So it's kind of like, how are they going to pull an audience? Because their big audiences at these events were the open players. So I don't know oh. where they're going to magically just increase viewership. And but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. My, Miles or Zach, what are what are your thoughts? So I'm I'm going to go because I also got to get going soon here too. My stuff's coming up too. We'll uh, wrap it up. This can be just kind of a final yeah. thought. Yeah, this final so mm-hmm. I I'd say because. There have been a few things leading saying that Call of Duty is going to lead to a multi-year release game. Uh, t- 
I would say they would be smart to go down, and this is not me being a fanboy, but the Gears of War route, because people are going to get bored of the same Call of Duty after a long period of time, but if you are able to break it up into every few years, that will continue to, A, keep people around long enough to make it a a polished game, but then also make it so you're you're updating it enough. Mm -hmm. And that you won't have that problem to where like where you might see a CSGO in the future to where it might die out or Overwatch and stuff like that to where it might just it might start going downhill because you're watching the same game like the exact same game year after year after year to where they I think they'll uh, spread out the releases a little bit more to where yep. you'll get more polished games from Call of Duty and you won't have all of these glitches and stuff that we see in it uh, especially towards the beginning of every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or leak play uh, coming out three months away from the new game coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that, was, that was rough. Um, yeah, no, it's well. I I know they're cons- they they've confirmed a new game every year through twenty twenty one, and that's one thing that really nobody talked about it. And you know, if they're going to go to a multi year release until all of a sudden, I think it was like the CEO of Activision or whatever said was like, yeah we'll be releasing a new game every year until 2021. I'm like, or 2022. It was one of those two. And it's like, you're sitting there like, why would he say that? So that's in, three years in the, in, the, in the pro league of every year, players have to get adjusted to things and viewers have to get adjusted to things. Yeah. I can yeah, see every like two years or three years them switching it up and it kind of makes a stir in the scene, but like every year is yeah. kind of hard. Well, you see yeah. that in Gears. It's like, you know... You see in Gears to where you have a new game every few, like, it's, uh, I think it's every three or four years. And it's it's not a new game every year, and it makes it a lot more, people can learn about it a lot quicker, and you don't feel rushed. Because, you know, especially with Call of Duty League being only six months long, it's going to be, you're going to see people, it's January's going to roll around, they'll get some new viewers then, and then... July is going to roll around and they'll be like, okay, I kind of know what's going on now. And they're going to be like, well, it's going to end. That's the end of the season. <laughs> See you guys next year. And yep. the next game releases. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where they go down that route. They would be smart to do a multi year release. Um, and I don't think they're going to go away from the city based franchising for any time in the near future. No. And five, 10 years, just because there's teams putting in, like you said, that much money. They, they don't want to ruin that investment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Miles, thoughts? So, if it was up to me, I would like the multi-year idea. I think that even if it was every other year and they get in that rotation just so that they have that extra year to where that they're able to make sure everything's ready for the game. Put more time into the game instead of a Battle Royale mode. That would be much appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) And Raven's probably working on it. Oh, I know. Like, if they would just really focus on making sure that the game works well, that'd be great. I don't like the format of this franchising. I wish that they would kind of have a format more like a Rainbow Six Siege where you have, like, the Contenders League and then the Pro League. I like the relegation sort of thing, kind of like a European football sort of. I love that format. Something like that in the, like, Call of Duty, I think that would make it interesting. You could still have that Cinderella story, but at the same time, you're still having kind of like a a Pro League. Um, But it's kind of just there's a lot more competition with that. I really, I'm worried about how this is. I also think that the city-based stuff is not going to be, no one cares. Because even like to me, I care about where the players are playing at. Like, 
the thing I'm most forward to seeing is where, like, my favorite player is Kenny. So I can't wait to see where Kenny plays and wherever he plays. That's where I want to watch. Or, like, Tommy. Like, that's my two favorite players, whoever they play for. That's who I'll pull for, regardless mm-hmm. of where it's at. Like, everybody's like, oh, you're going to pull for Atlanta, which I struggle with Atlanta because the Falcons are there, but the Braves are there. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> but so for me personally, it's it, it struggles to pick. But I'm just going to go with the players and stuff like that. But I'm hoping that it doesn't completely fail. I would like to get back in the car. That's my love. But it just, unfortunately, it's just, it, it doesn't look like that at this time. But I, I want to see how it goes in the future, mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a few thoughts. If I first, if I'm an amateur player, and, and I am a very, very, very amateur player at COD, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as Miles and, and uh, Zach can attest to. Yeah. Um, but if I'm, if I'm an amateur player that wants to become a pro, and I'm seeing these franchising things happening. I w- I should be absolutely 100% angry and pissed off that my opportunity to make it make my way to the main stage is being taken away. Yep. Um. There, <clears throat> I I would be rising up like, no, I'm not going to buy COD. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote with my dollar bill. No, I'm not going to pay to watch. I'm not going to go to pay to go. Uh, I'm going to go play a different game where I, I think I can do well and be a professional in there and, and go over there. I, I mean, there's, there's hundreds of opportunities of other games. <laughs> yeah. Other thing. I personally think that in, t- not soon, but in 10 or so years, um, we're going to start seeing uh, the franchising model kind of disappear because um, uh, franchising on a city-based model disappear. Uh, mm-hmm. And go more towards like of a, like a League of Legends franchise, um, but then I think also other games will pop up that the European style with promotion and relegation uh, along the siege lines. I think that uh, uh, Ubisoft and Rainbow Six Siege and uh, Rocket League and these free games, uh, well, Siege isn't free, but uh, <laughs> like Rocket League, will uh, that has the the RLCS and the qualifiers and everything, they may go to yep. a. Uh, to a promotion and relegation and say, Hey, you're an amateur. Come on. Like, show us what you got. Uh, and, and and go from there. Um, I don't think that franchises will work out, uh, on a city base because as we noted that we don't necessarily care about the city, we care about the players. Um, and because of that, that's who we're going to support. Even if there's a team in our backyard. Yeah. Yeah, and at the yeah. end of the day, esports has always been bigger than region. Like I play with my friends I grew up with in Rhode Island. They still live in Rhode Island. I'm in Colorado now. And it's it's not about like where I live. It's mm-hmm. never been about that. It's always about the people, the players, mm-hmm. the and I I just don't think people will care at all because there's no right. it, Yeah. There's well, nothing you know, to it. Yeah, I I would not know Miles or uh Andrew here if it was it's the glory of the internet that makes yep. esports a different monster. Yeah. It's like Yeah, when we met, I'm in North Carolina, you're in Wisconsin, and he was in Texas. And like none of <laughs> yeah. like when I had a COD team, none of my players were even like in the surrounding states around me. They were all over. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's how esports works, and that's why a city-based franchise model is not the smartest, and we'll, I think we'll start seeing more more esports when they start popping up, and I think we're going to start seeing more games put more money into esports 
because that's where a lot of the money's going to be going soon. Uh, that's how I see it, at least. But um, I want to go, if you don't mind, I want to go back to the uh, the open events stuff that we were talking about before, because mm-hmm. I totally forgot about this. But, uh, you know, we have the two main teams that have actually announced some things now are COD mm-hmm. Minnesota and COD London. Yeah. And Call of Duty Minnesota tweeted out uh, this morning saying, uh, I'm just going to quote this right now. Today's September 21st for uh, the home viewing audience. Yeah, oh, yeah, today's September 21st. They posted at 9.05 a.m. my time, so 10.05 a.m. Eastern. Uh, listen, we are not going to drop hints about our home venue. We are not going to say we toured it this week with three of our players and our coach. We would never. They, they've Those two teams have really dropped hints on what they're doing and kind of mm-hmm. where, where the scene's going to start going. So I think that home venue, mainly because we know They've already announced that they're like their home base of operations and stuff is going to be. So the fact that they're saying a home venue is going to start turning into that open events sort of thing. I think they could make it work if they connected it. Like for instance, if Minnesota had kind of like an affiliation with the Vikings that could work for like city wise. Like if you sponsor, like if you associate yourself with other teams, like complexity with the Cowboys, like if you did something like that, then that can kind of help with like the local scene and get people to pull for that brand. But I, at the same time, I still don't see that working as much as like people yeah. going for certain players. But no, like, no yeah. but it's, you know, we're seeing, we're going to continue seeing the players and stuff like that. But we're, when we're looking at open events and stuff like that, when it comes to in people going to events yeah. and watching, uh, the, the, the model doesn't matter what it is. They're going to follow the players and who they like to follow and stuff like that. But uh, when oh, yeah. it comes to keeping the amateur scene alive, I think that's kind of just a hint of, okay, this is where we're going to be doing events and stuff like that. And yeah. I think we're going to start seeing as the ne- next month rolls on because, you know, we're going to hear a hell lot more once Modern Warfare releases in about a month. Uh, we're going to hear a lot more about what the actual plan is. And yeah. Oh, and there's one more thing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. There was just one thing that, about the league, the COD league, that I didn't like either, and it's the runtime. It's what, January to June, which yeah. is so much shorter than it's ever been. Yep. Yeah. Like, well, there's going to be uh, presumably weekly games or bi weekly games, and so they got to get everyone in um, versus the big open events that happen every couple months uh, that have everything. So they can kind of squeeze it into a shorter time and keep the interest there for a short period. The developers go wild with the new game and and figure it out from there. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. Because the way it used to be is you had the land events or you had a two K or like there was always something every weekend that you could watch, even if it wasn't a designated event. Like through Twitch, you could watch the two Ks from the certain streamers and stuff like that. Well, even then, or, you still had the pro league going on too. It's not exactly like you're completely going away. Yeah, because you know the pro league was pretty much every week from what February to July something like yeah, that. Yeah, it would it would yeah. vary yeah or playoffs. So it, it wasn't they used to have like stage like, 1 stage 2 but yeah. yeah. So now that they're cutting out the big open events in the majors, it's going to be they're going to start fish shifting more pro uh focus on the pro league and yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that's really where it's going to go. That's kind of what scares me, though, because no one watched the Pro League. 
<laughs> like yeah. really yeah. when it comes well, down to it but well the production was awful like there yeah, was some was awful bad. games too like, <laughs> games were awful but visually yeah. it's like you're seeing and you're looking at if in between games you're looking at the main the like the main desk and you see the stage right behind it you know that this stage this is like very low production value and that's why you know the Call of Duty League was very underfunded for what we what we want to see in esports and what we want to see vi- like uh, from a a league to viewer basis. It's Overwatch, CS:GO, Gears League. All of them put high production value on all of their esports, and that's why you see the viewership that they get. Uh, Call of Duty, you didn't see that production value, and that's where their viewer numbers hurt. And I think once we finally get better production value from Activision Blizzard and these franchises that they'll still start pulling in more viewers because it, their games start making it more viewer friendly. The thing that I worry about that though is they're cutting three months off of their already just nine month season. And I mean, everything else is year round. Like oh, you have okay. summer, winter, spring, like, you know, that's one, that's another thing I'm concerned about is like, it's not going to be around long. So it's not going to have that continuous well, stuff. Here, well, here, here's here. I just thought of this. Off a month and a half. I just, I just thought of this, and and this may be where we need to end because I, I do actually have to go. <laughs> so I okay. cut it off. Um, yeah. The season's going to be six months. What if there are no open events during the season, and it's during the off season that they have these open events and the open seasons that allow people to go be scouted and teams to show that they have great players that can be bought out or picked up by the professional teams because they also need that administrative time to set up the new teams that are coming for the next season. Yep. So yeah, hopefully they're smart enough to do that. That'd be cool. Yeah. We'll find out. They're spending a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but it is it is Activision, you know. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I, I do. In Andrew, if you need to dip, you can dip out. Um, but we we do I, need to talk about with, with Mo, Miles brought. Are you are you taking off? I I, I can stay for a few minutes. Okay. Right. So. With what Miles brought up, he, he he said, "Oh, they're cutting three months off." Realistically, they're only cutting off like a month and a half. Because think about it: after Vegas, you had the Pro League qualifier, and the Pro League qualifier. There was another like two, three weeks between that and the actual beginning of the Pro League. And yeah. then at the end of the season, you had the you had the end of the regular season. You had Miami, and then you had like what, three three four weeks until champs. Now yeah. you're not having those big breaks between Vegas. Pro League qualifier and the beginning of the season and Miami and champs. So realistically, they're, they're keeping, they're just cutting out all that dead time to where, like Andrew said, they're going to be keeping in a lot of that uh, consistency, and they want it to be, okay, we want this to be every other week or every single week for the next six months and stuff like that. Like football, you see that go on for what? You have four months at the end of the Months on end in basketball yeah. and hockey. It's, you know, October to – for basketball and hockey, it's October to June. Yeah. Um, football, oh, it's, it's never once ending. a week. Yeah, it's once Soccer a week. Oh, yes. Never yeah. ends. <laughs> well, so they end in August and they start in August. Yeah. yeah. But then you have the amateur it's, it's stuff. So different. you have the drafts and the, the combines and whatnot that keep keep eyeballs. But those are not the time. But it it keeps the interest, and that's why I, I think that they'll have the open events that they're um, to get new talent and the land events and the local events to uh, um, keep the interest there, even though they may not be playing. Yeah, yeah. and I, that's where they're going to do a lot more in 
you know, I, th- I think we'll see a combine. We'll see like an actual draft when it comes around to like two, two years in the future, I'd say is they're mm-hmm. not going to do a draft right away now, but when it comes around to, all right, we're going to start seeing crim six fall. We're going to see scump drop out. We're going to see a bunch of these players that have been in the call of duty for a while. that are going to want to retire. They're going to start doing the draft format and stuff like that. And that's where they're going to be people are putting open events and the draft and the combine and stuff like that in between the, end of the regular season and uh, the championship and the beginning of the next season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that might be a good spot to leave off on. I'm sure we can all get in another podcast. (laughs) Yeah. We, we could, we could have a series of 10 episodes on this. I feel like, (laughs) I think this is a good group of guys to just talk about esports and stuff, but I think, I think that's a good amount. Um, I think we will see more about all of this as well in the coming months, especially getting into the league in January. So I think maybe we could come back and have another podcast on this in a few months. See how it shakes up. Yeah, just see how it goes. Our thoughts maybe a month into the league. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, uh, Jordan, plugs before we go. Do you have uh, anything to plug? (laughs) At Classic Evolved on Twitter. Nice. Zach, plugs? Follow at Valkyrie LLC on Twitter. And I tweet stuff out too, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Miles plugs. Mine's at Miles underscore cool, which is K-E-W-L. And uh, you can follow me at X. That's letter E-X-E-Elephant Xylophone underscore rewind on Twitter. Uh, also follow, follow Exertion underscore HQ. Um, mm-hmm. And then sub- subscribe. I know that, that Valkyrie has some podcasts coming, so watch Twitter for that. Uh, this will be an Exertion podcast. And then uh, subscribe to another Exertion podcast that where I just kind of ramble about things called Regarding Last Night. Uh, <laughs> and uh, show us some awesome love. Like and subscribe, guys. Yeah. 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 See Miles, you guys. Miles streams yeah. too. Watch him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Tough. If I can <laughs> have time where people aren't <laughs> having fires in my backyard. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks, yeah. For wa- thanks for listening. I was going to say thanks for watching, but this is not a video yeah. podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 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 Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.